Yasas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greek Hellenophiles and anybody who's interested in learning about other cultures. I'm your host, Pamela Deodis Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. Recently, I was on a Greek culture Facebook page. I love these. There's so many cool people who love Greece and they're sharing photos, recipes, language, history. Every once in a while, someone has an old letter they post asking for help translating it and everybody jumps in to help out. They're really nice online communities. I belong to just two because I'm afraid I'll spend all day just scrolling through them. So I'm on one of these Facebook pages and a woman who was ethnically half Greek, like me, had a child with a non-Greek she wanted to baptize and raise in the Greek church. Other Greeks, including natives, those from the diaspora and those of mixed ethnicity, chimed in, applauding her and encouraging her, including someone who had one Greek grandparent, making their DNA profile 25% Greek, like the baby. Then some kariosis of the diaspora jumped in, proclaiming anyone less than half Greek isn't Greek. Perimene. Wrong answer. I've heard of Greeks with this attitude, but I have honestly never come across one in my many years on the planet. And I have known many, many Greeks. I am related to many, many Greeks. One of the things I love most about my culture is that everyone who is part Greek is considered Greek, period. The homeland suffered multiple invasions. During the Ottoman occupation, countless thousands of Greeks were sold into slavery. Women forced into harems of local commanders. Young men snatched up and forced into military service. Those in service or in the harems were forced to convert to Islam. Many of the men married Turkish women. The women in the harems had half-Greek babies. Some of them were eventually freed or escaped. Our people didn't turn their backs on them. They were still family. Their children were still family. Greeks were ethnically cleansed from Asia Minor, hundreds of thousands, up to a million murdered, wiped out. Many died during the civil wars. Our Greekness is precious. Our ancestors survived because the family survived. George Kanarakis, in his paper, The Greek Diaspora in a Globalized World, says, very few nations have been as dispersed, both in number and across classes, from ancient times until now, as the Greeks. In reality, the Greeks since antiquity, like the Jews, the Armenians, and other peoples, have been a nation of diaspora. The University of Michigan has a cool online exhibit called That Greece Might Still Be, explaining the diaspora dates back as far as 1453 with the fall of Constantinople, when many Greeks were driven out by the conquering Ottomans. All of those Greeks didn't become absorbed into the cultures and countries they escaped to. They started Greek publications and education systems. Does this sound familiar? Many of them filled prominent roles in many Western and Russian cities. They became merchants and businessmen. Greek became the lingua franca of trade. These Greeks didn't forget their country. They sent arms and money and volunteers to help the Greeks. And when the war for independence came, they were pivotal in raising money and awareness for the cause. Do we think they married only Greek women in France, Italy, Spain, Egypt, and Russia? Many sure. Most? I don't know. Maybe. But I'm sure many did not. Post-independence, Greeks were forced to immigrate to escape poverty, political oppression, or the violence of the many civil wars. 
Sometimes they wound up in countries without any eligible Greek women to marry. So they married women from their adopted country. But if their kids were raised with an awareness of the culture, a love of the culture, weren't they also Greek? And if that generation also married outside of the culture, but gave their children a sense of pride in their Greek blood, weren't they Greek too? A friend recently told me her daughter said she wished she was 100% Greek, like her mother. But 50% is Greek, I told my friend. Percentages don't matter. I've never been questioned. Once I offered my bona fides, I have the white skin of a Scandinavian. We don't need two parents to be Greek. I'm glad she didn't see that post. But I gotta ask, does the not Greek enough commenter have kids? Are they old enough to be dating? How will he feel if his kids marry Xeni? And their kids do the same. Will his grandchildren and the children of his grandchildren be Xeni, outsiders? Or will they be his family, proudly raised with our history and customs? My mother and her aunties never stopped talking about our history, our culture, our heritage, our contribution to civilization, how Greeks invented everything. Greek words are everywhere. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, world. I get it doesn't work out for everyone. When my godfather was looking for a wife in Protestant Montclair, New Jersey, he decided on an Italian-American woman who worked hard in her father's store and would be an asset to his restaurant. His wife was not interested in Greek culture. Their daughter, several years older than my mother, didn't consider herself Greek, and from what I was told, may have been embarrassed by her immigrant baba, who was one of the most wonderful men in existence. I met her years later, and honestly, she was probably embarrassed by her Italian roots as well. She wasn't interested in and rejected her Greek heritage. Was she still Greek? I, I guess. I'm not interested in claiming her. But for the most part, when it comes to Greek immigrants, Alexander Kitryov, an amazing writer who has studied the Greek diaspora in America and the world, reminds us that the loyalty in the Greek communities of the diaspora are like the age-old allegiance to the village, and that there is an attachment to the country Greece, quote, strengthened by the continued geopolitical uncertainties and threats Greece faces, which elicit a deep attachment and concern about Greece and its general well-being, even among second and third generation Greeks abroad. Nowhere was that more obvious than in the comments on my episode post for Why Are the Parthenon Marbles in the British Museum? The comments on this post were relentless and sparked a few battles between angry Greeks of the diaspora and Brits who defended their government as well-meaning, which is propaganda. Anyway, my point is a bunch of Greeks from the UK, Australia, the US, and parts unknown rallied to the front line to stand up for Greece. They proved the point of a paper published on the website of San Jose State University that Greeks in Greece, Greek Americans, and Greeks in the diaspora throughout the globe with access to the internet are busy contributing to the construction of Hellenic identity in discussion groups. We are here for it. Everywhere I've gone throughout the U.S., if I am wearing something that identifies me as part of my ethnic group, a mati necklace, a tote emblazoned with a Greek flag, a, a kombuskini bracelet, a how-you-know-you're-really-Greek-t-shirt, whatever, I will be approached by whatever Greek spots me and my Greek-inspired accessories, and I will be asked if I am Greek. Then it's like pals or distant family members meeting up for the first time in ages. It is you are one of mine, and the fact that I had an American daddy never mattered one bit. 
I don't deny the other ethnicities that make up my DNA. I don't ignore or reject them. I love Scottish festivals. Give me some meat pies. Bagpipes are in my blood, I think, and sometimes they remind me of Greek music. But I also know Scottish people are not remotely interested in my genetics. My well-meaning husband, who is Cuban, which is like Greeks and Spanish, once tried to introduce me to a native Scottish woman in a lecture hall, telling her my family came from Scotland. She looked deeply offended and walked away. Ed didn't see it coming. I did. I also acknowledge my Scottish ancestors came to the American South in the late 1600s, and I love Southern food. Grew up on it in visits to the paternal grandparents, and I can tell you that the item Whole Foods likes to call cornbread is just cake. It's delicious, but it's cake. I loved Grandma Wood's biscuits and gravy, even though I more often craved the spanakopita kiman fasolakia the auntie's on Ma's side showered me with. When I visited down south, I was just another Yankee. And every couple of years, our family goes to the Scandinavian festival because my Swedish paternal grandmother introduced me to cardamom bread and pickled herring in my babyhood. The last one kind of freaks out my kids and Ed, but I grew up with that in the fridge right next to Mas Spanagorizo. Spanish people at the festivals will nod politely if I say my grandma was born in Yeble, but they have no interest in claiming me either. But I have been welcomed by almost every Greek I ever met. That said, I consider myself Greek. I am Greek. It's the culture I grew up with. I grew up in the religion, traditions, around the food, the music, and the language. It was in the air I breathed. Okay, Ma cooked a lot of Italian, something she learned from the nonas in the neighborhood she grew up in. She was into the easy American recipes using canned soup and dried macaroni. She didn't like to cook. This horrified the aunties. But she also made hands down the best avolemono and the best curipiedes I have ever eaten. She chose interesting ways to assimilate, but she was so dang Greek in customs and manner, every Greek who met her wanted to know when she landed in New Jersey. We had family members who made it their business to feed me proper food when Ma wasn't around with her ridiculous newfangled Amerikanaki ideas. I went to Greek school. My aunties tried fixing me up with eligible Greek men starting when I was 14. My papu and my godfather both owned diners within a half mile of our house. Greek music from Rebetica to dance party tracks to Nana Muscuri and Malina Makuri played daily in our house. My mother told us horror stories at bedtime and wielded kutala by day. Everyculture.com says the national identity of Greeks is generally considered a matter of cultural continuity with language, religion, democracy, entrepreneurship, cleverness, personal honor, and responsibility as core values. That sounds like my Greek community and my friend's Greek community in Alabama and another friend's Greek community in Pittsburgh. It sounds like the Boston Greeks, the Tarpon Springs, Florida Greeks, the Greek community in Melbourne, Australia, Southgate and Bayswater in London, in Munich, in Toronto, in Santiago, Chile. We are everywhere. If I haven't mentioned your community, message or email us and we'll give you a shout out because you are part of our tribe. But I don't need to justify who I am. I am Greek and obviously proud of it. I have friends and relatives who are part Greek. They didn't grow up at the culture. They acknowledge their background, but consider themselves Italian or Polish or Anglo, and there's nothing wrong with that. Misguided, maybe. And if tomorrow they decided to fully claim their Greekness because they woke up and realized how incredibly awesome that is, no one I know would tell them they had no right, because we claim our people. <laughs>
We lost too many to the Ottomans, the catastrophe, the Nazis. When I was in Greece, in Athens and a couple of non-party islands, I used my limited Greek as much as I could. Even though my American accent was no doubt obvious, I was treated like I was Greek. If I got into a longer conversation and was asked about my parents, where they were from, I never denied my Anglo dad. And his existence didn't translate into being treated any less than Greek. I was told more than once, welcome home. And me, second generation New Jersey girl, I really did feel at home. Everything was comfortable and familiar to me. Except Greek drivers, Panagia. Does the rare I'm Greeker than you attitude come from the children in the diaspora? Born American, British, Australian, whatever, who maybe have been treated less than themselves for being Greek, passing on the bullying to non-Greek enoughs? And as I said, never ever came across it myself until last week online. And that one man was corrected by everyone else, including the 100 percenters who were messaging from Greece. Because look, more and more Greek citizens are now marrying non-Greeks. A friend tells me all of her cousins back in Greece are dating or marrying non-Greeks. It's just the world we live in. And I get it. My mom married my Anglo-American dad, and when I got serious with Xenos, she suddenly started plotting with her friends to ambush me with eligible Greek men. Like she thought the blood had thinned sufficiently, so let's not get carried away. I found this both hypocritical and hilarious. Europeans on social media are always puzzled by Americans who claim any type of European heritage or any type of other heritage. You're American, they say, and they're just a little less annoying than Mr. Less Than Half Isn't Greek. If you grow up with a culture, with a heritage passed on to you by parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, and you spend your formative years part of a Greek community, that is part of who you are too. Ancient Greeks living in colonies they built in Sicily, southern Italy, Palestine, Egypt, and Massalia, which is now Marseille, France, still considered themselves culturally Greek. Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't the one-quarter Greek DNA who was influenced by her yaya? Most Greeks of the diaspora feel this way, whether they're American, British, South American, Middle Eastern, African, or Australian. Australian Greeks are crazy proud of their heritage. Some of the best sites I rely on for Greek history are Aussie run. I'm going to tell a story. We had a lovely young mother of twins in our church. She was American, black, her husband, Kipreo, Greek Cypriot. They were married in the church, their boys baptized there. She brought the twins to church every week and came to events. The kids were altar boys for a time. Everyone in our community loved this woman. She wanted to learn about the religion, the culture, and she wanted her kids to grow up with it. What could be more important? The in-laws back in Cyprus weren't happy about her. They didn't see her in action. That's what I think. They loved the grandchildren and asked the son to send them every summer. Of course, they were Greek. But they had nice Greek girls in mind for their already married son, the in-laws. Eventually, the couple broke up, and she came to church less and then disappeared. All of the Greeks missed her and her boys. Many a yaya insisted she'd been doing a better job raising her Greek children than some of their daughters. Everyone wondered if the stupid husband and the stupid in-laws had cost these kids and their mother their Greek heritage. I never consoled Quara, but I came across a comment by a gentleman named Yanis Tsiolis. 
He said, a fourth-generation Greek-American that upholds the traditions and language of his-slash-her forefathers, and I'll add foremothers, is ethnically Greek. This applies to Greeks everywhere. But things get complicated when we talk about culturally Greek people who have no Greek parents, which brings us to a very famous Greek we all want to claim, who doesn't have Greek blood, and so was not considered Greek until he proved he had a very promising future. Yanis Antetokounmpo, a Greek-born basketball player in the NBA. He's an amazing athlete and he's Greek. Every time he plays, American Greeks are waving the Greek flag, screaming his name. When he goes back home to visit, same. He was born in Athens to Nigerian immigrant parents. Is he Greek? Even if he was denied citizenship until he looked like a top draft choice for the NBA? He went to Greek schools where Greek culture is celebrated. He played in the Greek Basketball League. He, of course, speaks Greek fluently. He can do the dances. He's much loved. But there are many other Greek people born who are not considered Greek. And Yanis has only gotten there because of his fame. It gets touchy. There's a tremendous respect for those outsiders who immerse themselves in Greek culture. They're considered intelligent. My Cuban husband sings Greek hymns in choir at church. He's a better Greek cook than my mother was. He happily dives into whatever topics I'm researching for the podcast. Many in our community consider him an honorary Greek. To be honest, some consider him an actual Greek married to a Xeni because he visually could pass for Greek and I usually pass for a generic white American. Now it gets really complicated. Our two adult children, wonderful human beings, are exemplary Greeks. Our kids are proud Guatemaltecos, proudly Latino, but they're also proud of their Greekness, and their Greekness is a reality because they grew up with it. They were welcomed into our church with open arms. They'd been baptized in the Antiochian Orthodox Church in Guatemala and spent their early years going to the church regularly before they came home. So they were totally comfortable with the liturgy and all of the services. Different language, but the same. Greek yayas came at me every Sunday wanting to know why we hadn't enrolled them in Greek school yet. We were focusing on English and keeping their native tongue. My mother had already developed dementia, so these yayas fussed over our kids, made them treats, gave them money on holidays. The kids joined us at all the church events and volunteered at the church's annual Greek festival fundraiser, and they still do. When they were old enough, they joined Goya, the Greek Orthodox Youth Association, and were instantly accepted, even telling me that they felt more at home with the Greek kids than the kids at their public school. American kids have too many bullies, cliques, and demands to conform. I'm not saying there's no such thing as Greek bullies or troublemakers. I've met some doozies. But in Goya, even if not everyone likes each other or gets along, they all belonged. The kids played on the volleyball and basketball teams against other churches, went to the many dances, socials, community outreach events. We were driving our kids to Greek dances constantly, then graduation parties with Greek dancing for years. Our son went to Greek Orthodox sleepover camp every year and worked there as a counselor for a few summers after he graduated high school. He was completely accepted as Greek. He sings the entire liturgy in Greek, and I wonder if Mr. Less Than Half Greek Doesn't Count can do that. My son can pick out the best feta and domadas at the Greek store and will perfectly critique a halva, baklava, stefado, or roast lamb. And so will his sister. He knows the good stuff. Our daughter schools American waiters trying to give her a gyro in a Greek establishment, making fans out of the owners. Yiro, 
It's Yiro. She made herself known to her ethnically Greek professors on campus, and there was instant connection. Of course. Both of our kids Greek dance better than I can, our son better than most Greeks I know. But our daughter told us one of my favorite stories when we drove her home one night from a Goya dance. She was hanging with a bunch of girls, all dressed up because that's what Greeks do, and somebody made a comment to her in Greek. She told them she didn't speak Greek. She's got some vocabulary, but, you know. The girls were surprised and asked her why not. She said she wasn't Greek, really. One girl said, your mother is Greek. Our daughter said, yeah, but I'm adopted. The girl answered, your mother is Greek, you're Greek. And yes, that is how true Greeks are. They are my children. I raise them. The Greek seeps in. It's part of our kids' lives. It's part of who they are. Just as Cuban and Guatemalan culture is part of who I am now because my husband and kids have taught me, have shared it with me, and made it part of my everyday life. Our son has been to Greece three times. He travels to Greek Orthodox churches throughout the tri-state area, and the bishop and archbishop are always glad to see him. He visited our churches everywhere we went on vacation, and he settled right in, including a Greek Orthodox church in Florence, Italy, where he spent a college summer semester. When we watch a movie, our daughter picks out Greek names in the credits, like any good Greek. She answers my questions when I demand to know in Greek where she is, what she's doing, and does she need faskomino for her stomachi. Both of my kids light the candili and the tiamato for the incense on our ikonostasis, the home altar. They do their stavro, the sign of the cross, before they eat or if they're worried about someone. To them, church is the Orthodox church, especially the Greek church. My daughter's boyfriend has learned to cook lamb Greek style. Elizabeth Mavrondi, in an article she wrote about Greek identity appearing on ScienceDirect.com, says, Greekness is an active choice for those in the diaspora. They are able to stress, pick, and choose allegiances and aspects of their Greekness. There are people who are going to strongly disagree with me, and that's okay. But chances are their kids and grandkids are not going to be marrying Greeks. And their children and grandchildren will choose to be Greek if they are welcomed as Greeks. If we want to keep Greek culture alive in diaspora, it's going to be through our children. And I'm proud to say my kids are doing a pretty good job. They are so much more Greek than the daughter of my godfather, who could have claimed the blood but didn't want to and never showed any interest in our people. So if you're 100% Greek or have something else, one quarter Greek, Greek born of immigrant parents, adopted by Greek parents, what you need to be Greek is a love of the culture and traditions and the desire to participate and pass it on. If you haven't had the opportunity to participate, visit a Greek Facebook page, a church, a festival. Tell the Greeks there that you want to know more about your culture. Chances are excellent they will invite you in. Professor Anastasios M. Tamis, founding director of Tardalis Archives of the Hellenic Diaspora, said in the GreekHerald.com, no matter how many generations pass, the descendants will try to reconnect intergenerationally to find their own ancestors. Identity is lost when we deny the past, but without a past, there can be no future. The rate of mixed marriages among Greek Americans in the U.S. is at least between 75 and 85 percent, possibly higher. Australia, the second largest Greek population of the diaspora, isn't far behind. At church, I see more and more mixed couples, and I see their half-Greek children marrying non-Greeks as well, often in the Greek church with Greek traditions. And shouldn't we encourage that? 
Because as long as we continue to teach our history and share our food and language and culture, aren't these kids the future of Greeks in America? As a 100% Greek woman with 50% Greek DNA, I really believe that they are. Zito i elas, zito to elaniko lao. Thanks for listening. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was researched, written, and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Deodis Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at stealthgreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Find Greek Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram at greek underscore like underscore me. See you next time. Yes, us. Yes.